Hey everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and you're listening to the latest episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, where we do a series of interviews, discussions with content creators, musicians, YouTubers of various sizes and shapes, and on this episode with me, I have Mr. D. Respect of the D. Respect YouTube channel, and also the Double D's podcast. I had his co-host of that podcast, Dom, on the show earlier this year, and easily the the worst guest I've ever had, but you already you you already know all of his problems. <laughs> I'm well aware well aware of all his problems. Yes. He fucked up the green room over here, and you know that over here at, at, at the Needle Drop podcast, we have very good amenities, and you've mm-hmm. seen them, you know. And, and yeah, you, yes, I, yes, I have. And and he totally fucked up the room. He half ate a lot of the food and then just put it back down on the tray like a total slob, and he's never going to be invited back. Ordered a Jack and Diet, mm-hmm. uh, did all the things that Dominic Rabrun normally does. Well, look, I, I think one thing's clear. You had Dom on the podcast, and then you realized, you said, well, okay, well, let, let's get this thing right. Let's, let's get this thing right. Let's get D on this. And uh, I think Dom would agree that uh, it was the right choice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, this, we're, we're, and by the way, I don't believe that Dom half ate anything. Mm. But. <laughs> we, well, we had a lot of food laid out, you know? Oh. Uh, and, and it seemed like he just got distracted by some food while he was in the midst of eating other food and he would stop and he'd put it down. And, and I think I just caught him in the middle of a bit of a binge. So he had just kind of, you know, left the room in, in a bit of a, I don't know, a a fat man tornado or something. Um, it was, it was pretty disgusting, but, uh, we're, we're, we're going to move on. Um, now, now this podcast that we're going to do, it's not an interview though. You are a very interesting person. Uh, I, I find anyone intriguing who regularly refers to himself as daddy, Mm-hmm. But uh, but we're going to actually be talking about something else, and uh, maybe I'm getting a little ambitious here. But I'm going to call this the the first annual, because <laughs> because maybe there'll be another, mm-hmm. the first annual worst rappers out right now. I went on Twitter, I went I went on my social media, and I basically asked you guys what were some of the worst rappers out in your opinion, and and I got a lot of repeat answers, and I took the artists that were the most repeated, and I put them into a list, and I decided that we were going to talk about these artists on this episode of the podcast. Now, he's not in the list, but he will get an honorable mention. Uh, Kid Cudi is not on the list. Uh, he's not. He's not on this list, even though I personally have a distaste for Kid Cudi, especially his latest record, which isn't even a rap record. It's a rock record, really. Um, he is not on this list because nobody really uh, suggested him. I, I when, when I asked the album of his, that the new album had not come out yet. So maybe he wasn't at the forefront of everyone's mind right now. But but again, on that record, he's not really rapping. But we do have 10 pretty polarizing artists on this list and I think we will just kind of go down this list and talk about maybe some of our personal opinions of these artists, but why some of these artists are kind of hated so much generally, because uh, a lot of the hatred that some of these artists get, I think has very little to do with their music, actually. I don't know if you feel that way. I think it has to do, well, before we started the podcast, I mentioned to you that I think actually just with one, I think it's solely about his music, but yeah, for the most part, mm-hmm. it's, th- there's other components that goes to it. Yeah. One. Okay. Well, that'll, that'll be interesting. Okay. So, so let's get into the list. Uh, the, the first person on my list, and this is the list I sent mm-hmm. to you is I have Tyga listed right. here. Um, and, and, and he, to me is, is a prime example of 
an artist who is hated more for his personality, his antics, his reputation more than he is his music. Because his music, I, I don't think he's the worst rapper on the block, but he's pretty generic. There's nothing really about his music that sticks out to me as being supremely bad, really just more trendy than it is awful. I don't know if you feel that way. It's vanilla. It's it's just yeah. normal. It's right down the middle. There's nothing. Nothing really stands out. There's nothing really to hate. There's nothing really to uh, to love. It's just right down the middle. It's just straightforward. Yeah, it's 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 very Wonder yeah. Bread. Um, but but the thing is, uh, this I think is is really important about hip hop music. I think when something such as charisma plays such a huge role in. The, the artist's success and the likability of that artist, uh, of course, everything that they do outside of their music is going to kind of be held up to scrutiny. What he was doing with Kylie Jenner before she had turned 18, uh, the, all, basically all the L's he's taken over the past several years in the public eye, just looking totally ridiculous. I believe I saw him served a summons at like a sneaker really? signing or something, which was a pretty ridiculous video. Uh, this guy had walked up with all these sneaker boxes like he was just going to buy them and, and Tyga was like going to sign them, but then he just handed him a summons and walked mm. away, which was, um, which, which was pretty raw. Uh, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I think I think Tyga sort of falls short of this really sort of successful, masculine, macho ideal that a lot of rappers uh, live up to, that a lot of rappers sort of put forward. Uh, but it seems that for whatever reason, he can't keep that facade up. Because uh, obviously these people are all people at the end of the day. None of them are perfect. But for whatever reason, Tyga just can't help but sort of crack in the public eye. A lot of the time. I, I, I think you touched on it, man. I think he's just getting grouped up into that sort of that reality show, that TMZ wave. I mean, with the involvement that he that he had with Kylie Jenner. I think that's what he's associated with. He has a show on MTV. I think it's called like King Tyga or something like that. I've never seen an episode of it. I don't want to see an episode of it. And that's sort of his niche right now. His niche is... Mm. His music isn't at the forefront of what makes Tyga Tyga. It's just, it's just his antics, what he can get into. I, I didn't really even have a full grasp of exactly what it is that he did. He dated her at the time when she was technically a, a minor. And then continued mm -hmm. dating her afterwards? For a little bit, okay, yeah. For a little, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, how many, uh, have you ever reviewed a Tyga project? Um, I have talked about his music in the past. Uh, his latest project, which actually was kind of another moment where he uh, embarrassed himself a bit in the public eye, he had available originally, I think uh, only exclusively on Tidal, mm. uh, I believe it was. And, uh, and, and as a result, there were all these people that couldn't get his music because it was essentially behind a paywall. And mm. <laughs> then once the album was uh, initially available, it, it had only sold like, you know, maybe a, a few thousand copies. So everybody had a huge laugh mm. at that. And, and that's another thing. It just kind of seems like in an age where people aren't buying album sales simultaneously, the music listening audience will turn around and laugh at an artist for not selling enough copies of a record. You can't adjust to the hard times. How dare you? 
yeah, I guess, you know, but, but it's kind of like, but, but you didn't buy the mm-hmm. album, but you know, if, if you are a fan of the artist, but whatever, uh, Tyga just kind of like with his music, I think it's pretty obvious as to why people generally don't really care for him. And I don't really think there's too much to say as to why he's, uh, uh I guess, I guess sort of losing right now in a sense in the public well, eye. Uh, he's, he's also uh, been uh, dismissed by the, the young money meal ticket. He he's he's been dismissed yes. by Drake. I mean, uh, uh, what was it? Was it six? Oh God, I'm about to hit you with the work, boy. What was the name of that record? Yeah, it was it was the last track off of Drake's right, right, right. Project. You know, you haven't been a man in like yeah. a minute. Tons of shots towards Tiger, and, and so maybe mm-hmm. eh, maybe that works into it a bit. Maybe he's been dismissed for that reason as well. Yeah, I think so. And and I think it also goes back to that sort of reality show world kind of sucking mm-hmm. him in. I mean, someone like Kanye West can make the move yep. that he made because prior to getting involved with Kim Kardashian, he was notorious. He had a huge reputation. So he doesn't get sucked into that world and then sort of brought down a peg. You know, he's very much relevant in the music world, despite uh, the reality television world kind of co-opting him a little bit. Tyga's reputation uh, prior to getting involved with Kylie Jenner, he was pretty much a one hit wonder, Uh, maybe a two hit wonder. And as a result, I'm not really sure this was a great move for him because it essentially took away attention from his music. But I think that he was kind of on the downturn already with a few unsuccessful projects and tracts. So as a result, uh, the, this uh, this might have been a good move for him. He might have extended his relevancy a little bit longer uh, than it would have been otherwise. But I think kind of as a result, uh, though he did get that extension, uh, his his final moments have kind of been a bit of a crash and burn sort of thing. Right. It's not the kind that he would want. No. All right. So let's move on to someone who... Uh, is is a bit more notorious, uh, I think, and and I think still has a lot of relevancy, despite the fact that he has some serious haters, and and that would be Chief Keef. Mm-hmm. Um, now now he comes in in a really sort of interesting time in hip hop music. I mean, I think prior to Chief Keef, there were people like Little B, there were people like Waka Flocka Flame, who essentially were hated across the internet for what I think some people saw as kind of the lowering of standards of hip hop music, you know, the lowering of lyrical standards, the lowering of musical standards. And I think once chief Keef came in, he sort of proved that he could make music that was even more lower common denominator, even more depraved. And as a result, I feel like all that hate that, (laughs) <laughs> was originally centered on people like Little B, centered on people like Waka Flocka Flame, just came onto him with this laser-like intensity. <laughs> so he lowered the bar so much that he was successful. He, did, he just did it just enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that was it. You know, I, I think that was part of it. I mean, of course, it sort of uh, has has a lot to do with sort of the uh, uh, the persona and, and the lifestyle that he puts forward and the reputation that he has in Chicago as being involved with these uh, violent criminals and so on and so forth. And, and I think a lot of people dislike that as well because some people will kind of cry foul and say, uh, uh, won't someone please think of the children? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and something like that. But uh, I think that... <laughs> I, I think that this is an artist here that... Uh, that I, I can mostly say people dislike for his music, uh, I, and, I, and I think it has to do not simply with his music 
for some people being just generally unenjoyable. But I think some people really dislike the fact that, uh, again, that he's kind of lowering standards a little bit uh, in a genre that for a long time has been very insular and very much obsessed with its standards, standards that people have perceived guys like Eminem to have advanced because, oh, he's such a, he's, he, he, he spits so fast. He has such introspective, dynamic, and, and really detailed lyrics. Uh, but now it seems that in the internet age, those standards have just been smashed apart by artists who are just kind of uploading their own shit to the internet. There's no standards anymore. You know, everybody, it's kind of the Wild West in terms of what people want to do rap-wise. And, and I think that he's kind of a proof of that in a way and and in a way i think for the better but simultaneously there are a lot of people out there that don't want to let go of those standards so easily part of the frustration i think also goes into the fact that you would think that somebody like kanye would understand these standards because he's kanye west and you know obviously the music that he makes most of those people who hold hip-hop artists up to that to that very same standard expect kanye west to not only be able to make that music but be able to co-sign music that's just as good as his. And the fact that he co-signed mm. Chief Keith, I think, goes into the frustration just a little bit more because it's like, from, from a fan's perspective, it's kind of like, well, Kanye, look at the shit that you're, look at what you're putting on a pedestal. And then newer artists are kind of saying, well, if this is the music that I had to make in order to get a co-sign from a large artist, I, I would have done this a long time ago. Like, this is total shit. This doesn't take any talent whatsoever. So, so I, Kanye go he's he's to blame for this. Well, I well not one hundred percent, but you know he he's got a, a lot to do. You know with obviously with, with uh, you know shit I don't like, and also in that video, Keith just has that look, you know that Chicago youth look. You know the the the, mm. the, the, the dreads and it's it, you know it's it, it's something that it's unfortunate, but he's just has that look of so many kids in that inner city that are just, you know, just killing each other by the dozens every day. And, you know, just in a room, what was it? It was just like a room with about, I don't know, like 20 shirtless guys who just look like chief key yeah. clones. It's, it's not a look appealing to East coasters like you no. and I, it's, it's not appealing to the dudes in hoodies no, and tips. No, no, hoodies and car hearts. No, no, no. We don't, we don't, we don't do that over here. We don't do that over here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, and, and and that's that's another piece of the puzzle there that you just brought up that kind of slipped by me. That's that's true. Chief Keef was in a sense kind of put on by that Kanye co-sign. Prior to Kanye, I mean, some of those videos in his defense did have a lot of views and he had people like Gucci and he had people like Waka fucking with his music, but uh that was essentially kind of Kanye bringing him into the focus of I guess, kind of the white music media who, uh, right after that cosign, really just had a field day with covering him, either doing these kind of long-winded videos where they're kind of exploring the dark underbelly of the Chicago music scene to this really awkward video that I saw where, like, him and Donald Glover are trying to have a conversation or something. It is just the most painful to watch thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The, the, like he just wasn't responding to any of his questions. And then all of a sudden they just kind of like started talking about belts uh, and then it just got weird. Uh, God. I, I, so, I mean, it is, is that an attempt to sort of, um, I mean, I, I mean, I shouldn't really be asking you this question because I find Keith to be so horrid that I would even question Kanye's 
co-signing of it and just kind of say like was it just an attempt for you to just stay relevant and just to put your imprint on something uh, you know you know what i'm saying like of it course could, it been, the answer to that is yes the answer is yes you think the answer is yes. yes or is he is this actually something that he fucks with no i think the answer is yes i mean i think he fucks with it but i think he fucks with it because it's trendy you know, and Kanye has always been into stuff that is trendy, stuff that's artsy. And, and while I understand your argument that, OK, you know, you're an older artist, you come from here, you've worked with A, B, C and D, you understand the standards. But simultaneously, Kanye has smashed a lot of standards and has been held back by a lot of standards, too. I mean, from the go, you had people who hated on him for his fashion choices. You had people who didn't like the fact that he was kind of taking it back to kind of a jazzier, soulful uh, sample based sound. You had people that were not happy with the fact that he kind of went dance and electronic music on graduation. You had people that didn't like the moves that he made on 808s. So repeatedly, he has made moves that uh, have at least soured some people in his fan base, but simultaneously have kind of expanded his fan base as well. It seems like with each record, he cuts a chunk of his fan base off by disappointing them, but then gains new fans with whatever new sound and hype he's created off of his latest single, off of his latest record. Right, but it's uh, but but those were at least ambitious, you know, those were ambitious attempts, you know what I'm saying? And then to, to just go through this. Okay, thing. yeah, I, 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 I see that. You know, at, at, at the point that he embraced I don't like, Trap had already kind of been an mm-hmm. established thing. It's, it's not like he's inventing a new sound or Absolutely. anything like that. Though, though at the time, you know, when he came out with records like 808s, he was very much pulling from guys like Kid Cudi. So it's not like... You know, those sounds came completely out of the blue. It's sort of like he grabs onto these protégés, sort of like Travis Scott right now, and he kind of uh, sops up all these ideas and all these influences from them. And then once he's done, he kind of moves on to another artist or something like that. And I think that was kind of the case with Chief Keef. Um, I don't know if he's going to continue working with him or continue working with this auto-tune trap sound with his future stuff, though it does seem to be really relevant uh, at this point still. So I'm not exactly sure if he's going to kind of push that sound away or continue to embrace it. But yeah, I I think uh, uh, that kind of exacerbated the problem because that gave Chief Keef exposure to the very crowd of people who didn't want to hear the type of sound that Chief Keep was making at all. Yeah. And I'd also like to say, and I'll, I'll say this about a few people, and I'm going to say this about Keith. I don't understand what the fuck he's saying. So that goes into it as well. Just plainly. <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck he's saying. Dude, that just, that's, that's something that we're going to be able to talk about with a couple of yeah, these artists. Yeah, there's two more of them that I think, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand what you're saying, sir. I don't understand Sorry. what you're saying, but the thing is, simultaneously, I think, I, <laughs> I think that's something that that uh, doesn't matter so much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I think hip hop's kind of gone through this really weird phase where it's more about the emotion or the intensity mm-hmm. or just the sound of the voice more than it is what you're saying. Kind of like rock went through with uh, the era of alternative rock or punk rock or metal music where uh, you even have guys that are just gutturally screaming and uh, you know just making these really weird monstrous throat noises but it's just really more about mm-hmm. the sound than it is about the message. And, and, and I realize that's you know a really tough thing for hip hop to give up considering the message has been so important to 
the genre for so many years. But but nowadays, with not only Chief Keef, but even Death Grips too, an artist that I like, you know, uh, uh, unless you're grabbing a lyric sheet or hitting up Rap Genius or right. something, you may not know every single thing that the artist is saying. But but this this next artist is someone who is also polarizing, but his lyrics actually are very easy to understand. And I know you've made a video about him before on your uh, D-Respect channel, which uh, I, I will try to link to that down try. in the description if I remember try. to. I'll try. Uh, I'll oh, succeed. As long as you try. That's, that's all that matters. I'll succeed. Uh, we have Macklemore over here as, as the next artist who I actually got a lot of people telling me that uh, they hate Macklemore. When I review Macklemore, they tell me, why do I review Macklemore? He's garbage. Why do you like Macklemore? He's garbage. My positive review of the heist is actually one of my more notorious reviews because people will be like, I can't believe you like that record. But it was so funny. When that album came out, uh, it was not a hot record. And everybody was pretty neutral on the album. And there wasn't really anything polarizing or controversial about Macklemore. It even seemed that the indie scene that now hates him was relatively positive toward him, especially after that same love single, which before it charted, it had a little seven inch release on Sub Pop Records, which is a pretty huge indie label. And it seemed like the record was just going to kind of go under most people's radars with without really grabbing any attention. But then he came out with that fucking thrift shop mm-hmm. video and that just rocketed him off. And it seemed like once that happened, once he got that mainstream acclaim, there was just so much more scrutiny than there ever was before. And when he had all the eyes of the music world watching him, he just totally fucked up on <laughs> that Kendrick Lamar yeah. thing. And instead of just shutting up and taking his award, it seemed like he just wanted to do nothing but apologize. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, that Jewish gay thing. Uh, what was it with? The, yeah, I was, I was going to say the, the, the weird Jewish yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. And then you had uh, the, the gay community kind of getting at him and sort of accusing him as as having just capitalized on their suffering in their community mm-hmm. by coming out with the same love single. Though, again, in his defense, he came out with that song long before he had a hit music career. And there was no way he could have predicted that that song would have been as popular as it was. Uh, he was on a very independent come up. So, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, he's, he's not like this manufactured music industry artist, but he just happens to be this, uh, <laughs> I guess, very model like white guy who can rap pretty well and put together a coherent song. And it just makes him infinitely marketable. And, and that's where that, that's where the problem comes in. Uh, the, the, I think the problem comes in is um you know, it's just the appropriation of everything. It's just he doesn't. Well, you know, people feel like he doesn't have the right to come in. And and of course, you know, I could refer to, to Lord Jamar of, of Brand Nubian, who was just like the the main person that was just uh, anti. I, but, you know, after after Macklemore's height, you know, it, it wasn't really when it was when the Macklemore thing was really going on. But. It's just the fact that he comes in and he has this opinion of, well, let's make a pro-gay song. I think that's where, that's where the purists really, and just the fact that he's white, of course. Now it's like, well, he doesn't have the mm-hmm. right to do this and look at the message that he's bringing in here. It's, you know, it's, it's almost like the idea of, um, of uh, you know, like, uh, you know, go- governments can't, they can't implement change just overnight it has to be done 
you know, gradually there has to be a process to it. And I, I guess they looked at it in that same way. Like, this is just way too random. This is a white guy. This is a white guy who's coming with a message that is anti, just even down to the words of your most, well, not conscious artist, but your most um, celebrated artist. Let's say that your most celebrated artist who use certain words in, you know, in, in, in certain contexts don't necessarily mean, you know, um, uh, referring to homosexuals. But even those artists use certain words that it's, it's all about, you know, faggot this and faggot that. So I think, I think that the, the cultural appropriation, I think that's where Macklemore gets so much hate. And this sort of, I think you, what did you just say just now? You said uh, this pretty nice white dude. What did you, how did you? I, I said he. I said he's very a uh, model. Um, exactly. You know? So it's, like, it's sort of the like, holier you know, than you, you, thou you could... feel that you get from Macklemore sometimes, especially with the whole apology thing that he did with Kendrick. Yeah. It's it just you know he's probably a great guy, but it's just everything about him just sort of pisses people off. Yeah, that's sort of another side of the coin that I didn't just bring up there, and 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 sort of coming up with a hip hop song, and and okay, so sure there are artists who uh, may in a very uh, lax way use the word faggot in their songs it's just kind of a general insult but you know we can't ignore the fact that traditionally hip-hop has not had the most positive of relationships with the the gay community yeah, exactly. yeah. uh we have yeah and 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 you know we can even cite people like krs1 as have having uh, as have he's had bars that weren't really positive toward wait, homosexuals. Really even MF Doom game? has had oh. bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even MF Doom has had bars that sort of uh, uh, make fun of homosexuals. Um, a Tribe Called Quest on a track that uh, until it got revised and, and actually went on to the, the low-end theory uh, was anti-homosexuals as well. Um, I believe actually a, a member of Brand Nubian was on that song. So uh, uh, Lord Jamar may have been just like, you know, completely 100% on board with that track. Um, and and then when they were told to change it, they just ended up making an anti-record label song. Um, so so of course you know the 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 history there is is a little negative. It's kind of a negative history. So Macklemore, being a white artist, he's already kind of even if he is talented, he's already kind of treading on thin ice. And then for him to come out with this song, a very popular song, uh, you know, not just any song, because uh, certainly before that track, I believe Murs even had a track that sort of uh, uh, addressed homosexuality and uh, homophobia. Um, and, and I believe he actually even sort of uh, played in the video a gay man and sort of kissed another man mm. in the video. Um, you know, so it's not like this is the first time anybody in hip-hop has tried to stand up for homosexuals. Kanye has too, uh, though not so much in song as much as just kind of telling rappers publicly, you know, quit it with saying faggot all the time. You know, it's not helpful. It doesn't, you know, really say anything. And it's really disrespectful to our people that don't need the disrespect. But for Macklemore to be white and then sort of have such a popular song going so against right. that macho heterosexual grain uh it's sort of given him enemies on all sides not only the gay community accusing him and just kind of the uh i don't know the progressive community accusing him of of sort of capitalizing on this group of people but then also the hip-hop community for kind of bringing up a subject matter that that nobody who is seen as kind of a a, a talking head in the genre an important figure in the genre uh thinks is is kind of a kosher to talk about and uh, kosher to advocate for you know when i when i made the video about macklemore a few years back uh you know one, one thing that that i said about macklemore and 
does Mac Macklemore has something brewing, doesn't he? Or, or I mean, he just came out with a single recently, okay. so I imagine there's probably an album on the way yeah, or something. You know, I think he suffers. He also suffers from something that someone on this list who, uh, if there's anybody out there who listens to the Double B's podcast, they'll know probably who I'm referring to, and I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> You get you guys make fun of him so much, and I love it. And and we're gonna get into it. Um, I think he suffers from uh, it's just it's the just being preachy, not as heavy as that mm. other person, but definitely be, being preachy. And you know, hey, I've got a song. I'm making a song about materialism, and this is it. This is a very grand statement. This means a lot to me. And he puts so much into these records. That, you know, which is not to say that they're not good, but it's just you can yeah. easily see how uh, how how a well informed a smart uh, hip hop fan would listen to it and kind of say, well, well, you know what, Macklemore, just, you know, just fuck you. I mean, you, you make everything. He, he really, he puts it out there really in, in a, in plain view. So it's not like he doesn't, he doesn't really disguise what it is that he's trying to say. I, I think it, it's, it's the issue with him. He puts it very, very bluntly. It's, it's all out there. And my thing with him that I sort of suspected is, well, what's the next project going to be like? Is every song sort of going to be just like a grand statement? Yeah, is, is each song going to have a hot button topic that he's going to try totally to attack? Exhausting. You know, like yeah. Well, I mean, in in his defense, I will say that his latest single does kind of feel like him moving in the direction of making music that seems like it could just generally be listened to and enjoyed and doesn't have to have this really pertinent issue that we're all kind of... I, I, I have a feeling that he's probably not going to have a song about Syrian refugees on this next record. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> I think he'll probably play to that pop audience, that mainstream audience more, since that is most likely the audience that is going to continue to favor him. I think if he tried to play to the conscious crowd, to the hip-hop crowd, to all of those groups, and and I think it is cool what he's done, kind of you know referencing the old school, involving the people that he did on this latest single, but but I digress. Uh, I think he'll continue to play to that pop crowd and sort Which of leave it at that. Which you do understand that um, it will still, he, I don't think he can win i think that'll make him even more hated because it's like oh you see he just used this as a stepping stone that's all he did and now it's oh just yeah like, absolutely it, no it's it, it's no it's true you know and and that's the thing you know i think he'll continue to play to them but sort of making that move understanding mm. that the people who hated him before are probably not going to still like him you know i i think all that really matters and all that should matter to him at this point i mean if i were him that's the only group of people i would be caring about entertaining because that's probably the group of people that are going to ensure that his career lasts another two years you know trying to turn around and and please the lord jamars of the yeah. world it's just not going to happen even if he came out with the most amazing hip-hop record of the world like he <laughs> he still wouldn't be fucking with it because even Lord Jamar is a guy who admits that he has his mm -hmm. biases. You know, he'll admit that guys like Eminem are really technically proficient and he's most definitely talented, but there's nothing about his music or his style that appeals to him, you know? And, and I think in hip hop, especially who you are is a part of that. And Macklemore can't change who he is, even if he comes out with an amazing record. So, uh, th this next artist is kind of in, uh, I guess similar hot water, that similar kind of cultural appropriation water. Uh, and, and that would be Iggy Azalea, who who has had a pretty 
rocky past couple of years um, with numerous artists just kind of clowning her. Uh, T.I., I believe, has kind of cut off all ties with her. On social media, she's put her foot in her mouth countless times. And uh, not only has she just taken so many L's in the public eye, which, of course, hurts her reputation uh, and makes her so much less likable. But uh, a lot of people hated her right out of the gate just for what uh, I guess you could call a bit of a vocal blackface uh, with Mm -hmm. the fact that she's from another country, she's outside of the U.S., and she obviously does not speak with a southern accent, but she's very happy to totally embrace one when she's spitting a verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where her and Macklemore sort of, they they part ways because that's definitely Mm -hmm. something that Macklemore never got across. Yeah, that's... uh, I, I, I think... I think there's no other I think there's no other reason other than that, I think. I think it's a reason that she intentionally goes out of her way to 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 speak in that tone. Though though hold up, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's she spent some years I think in the south somewhere was it was it texas i think she lived out there for a little bit or atlanta (laughs) yeah yeah she did but but, you know she obviously still talks like she's from australia so i I think it's nothing other than that i think with her it's 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 pretty simple and then it's it it could also be the fact that it it seems like something's trying to be it's something's being sold to you i think when you're when Mm. you're a white female but wait a minute She's got an ass exactly like Nicki Minaj's. So, you know, I, I think something's being sold to you here. And it's, it, it's pretty much that, that thought that, uh, that very Afrocentric people have where it's like, you know, for example, uh, um, uh, Beyonce wouldn't be as relevant uh, if she wasn't as light as she was, you know, you know like mm-hmm. those type of things. So, so it, it's sort of to say, well, if Nicki made it to the height of, you know, to where she made it, where would Iggy make it because she's white and she's got a nice body and she speaks the way that she speaks. I think there was an attempt there. It's kind of like when somebody makes, when somebody, when, when, when you, when you're watching an Oscar baiting film, you know, just something that comes along right before Oscar season. And it's, it's a guy, he's, he's like retarded and, and uh, he's, he's got like one leg, but he's going to save the world. And you know, there's, there's this epic music and, and Ron Howard directed it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what Iggy is to me. Iggy is something she's like Oscar baiting and she's there's something is being sold to you and it just doesn't work. Though I will say that I just like one Iggy Azalea record and there's only been one. There's only been one. And that's Black Widow. And I don't know why. I have no I have no clue why. So wait, are you <laughs> Are you saying Iggy Azalea that it, it, it Iggy Azalea being inserted into the 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 sphere of hip hop is sort of like coming together with some kind of movie around Oscar time that is going to pull at your heartstrings because the main character is disabled. Well, you wait, 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 <laughs> is, wait. is that what well, you're is, is that is that the metaphor you're well, going you, with? You here? understood what I was trying to say. Basically, what I'm trying to say is is that there there is an attempt here. It's very contrived. I think it's it's very contrived. Mm-hmm. It's it's we're going to take this female. She looks a certain way. She's obviously. Iggy's not the worst artist out there, and people try to paint her out to be that, but she's, I don't think she is. But hmm. it's just the look of it. The look of her, I yeah. think, is no, what, I mean, that's, I, I, that's I, what they're trying to get across to you. It's like, buy into her, you know? 
Definitely. I agree with you. Um, I think that there's, I, I think a lot of the language, a lot of the arguments against her, especially when it comes to the fact that she's white, when it comes to the fact that she's kind of culturally appropriating this voice, uh, I think those arguments are valid, but it kind of needs a bit of a reframe when it comes to, uh, I guess, her relevance and the fact that she's white, which means she can surpass Nikki. Well, in that some was kind a thought, but obviously it's I don't not, think, it hasn't no, no, but I, yeah, I mean, that's a thought. That's an argument. That's an idea that a lot of people have in their heads. I think maybe in the two thousands, this argument would have been more relevant around a time when a guy like Eminem, uh, I believe he had that song leak where he was talking shit on black women. Foolish and pride. there was kind of like this big, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this huge uproar about it, but the fact that he is white, the fact that he had so much influence in the industry, the fact that he had so many people in the hip hop industry on his side and the fact that, you know, of course he's talented and came out with records continually that his fans loved. He sort of overcame that. But somebody like Iggy Azalea, despite the fact that she's had huge hit songs, she's not outside of the grasp of the the, the hip hop halcyon, you know, the, the big wigs and uh, the people who in hip hop music are concerned with things like cultural appropriation are going to be there to stand in her way and make her look ridiculous, especially in the age of social media, where the more that she talks and the more that she puts herself out there, the more ridiculous she makes herself look. Um, so, uh, so I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is for sure she has crossed loads of social boundaries in the public eye. And it's just been kind of, interesting to sort of see all of these sort of predictions that she's going to be ruling hip-hop because she's white in the next few years kind of not come true. In fact, what's happened is she's kind of crumbled and just been made to look ridiculous over the past few months and, and really only because of her own actions. Well, I think it's, I, I think there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be a protection. People are always going to protect sure. uh, hip-hop and I think it's always going to be relevant to, to people of color. It's always going to be when it seems like it, it doesn't. When you see Macklemore, I didn't I never thought that with Macklemore. I never thought that, you know, it, they were presenting Macklemore as this white guy. And of course, he is marketable, but there's a skill set behind it. And there's an idea that's being expressed. You know, I'll, I'll admit that I think it's a little too grandiose at times, but there's an idea that's being expressed with her. I think it's still relevant because obviously, again, I'll go I'll go to her look. I'm just saying, you know, obviously with the fact that she's got a you know, she's got a, a surgery done. There was something that was that that was being presented to you that. That was supposed to be comparable to a to a Nicki Minaj, and it was only hmm. supposed to be in opposition to that because of her skin color. There was nothing that was offered musically, I think, that was any different. It was just, here's a different look. We're going to have her compete with sure. her. And, and I, I definitely think that, the, that, that that's a lot of the reason why she's, uh, why she's hated. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, would, it would seem that um, that that... that would be how she's being marketed. But I, I think even if that was intentional, even if it wasn't intentional, that kind of would have been the way it was perceived because, uh, I mean, what other female rappers out there right now are as relevant or as powerful as Nicki Minaj? I mean, I believe you've even done a video about this yourself, sort of talking about how the uh, the crop 
of female rappers in the 90s was so much wider, so much more diverse back then during that decade, whereas now it's really kind of just slim pickings. And even though I don't really respect Iggy Azalea as an artist, I find it kind of ironic that the the community would kind of excommunicate her in a way while simultaneously decrying the fact that, oh, we, we, where, where are all the female hip-hop artists? I mean, even if Iggy Azalea is doing more harm than good in a way by making awful music, there have to be a lot of female rappers out there who might have seen that and then maybe questioned themselves or maybe question that decision seeing how quickly a community would chew up and spit out someone mm-hmm. like her just for you know not exactly conforming to whatever rules have kind of been set out in front of her though again i mean i don't like her music i don't defend her i think she's trash generally and i think she's sort of made an ass of herself repeatedly but i i just kind of find that uh, scenario had a no ironic. clue that ti broke ties with her how long ago was that um, I can't re- remember. It was definitely earlier this oh. year, and it was based off of the fact that uh, she just yeah. keeps putting you can't her get foot behind in her it. Mouth, you can you know? only get she, behind and, it so many times before you. you exactly, you know. And, and the thing is, the she, of course she makes him money, but <laughs> eventually she's going to say something so wrong that. Uh, that that she's going to be taking money out of his pocket, you know, because I'm sure it costs him money every single time that, you know, she says something dumb or does something ridiculous and he's got to come to save her and come and fix the problem. Uh, but now uh, it seems that, you know, she's just kind of become a liability to him and he's kind of sent her out on her own. And I mean, my advice or my recommendation to her, sort of like Macklemore in the future, if she's going to continue to have a music career, I think she's got to continue to just uh, appeal to the teeny bopper mm. set and just not really worry about what the hip-hop community thinks about her. Um, Yeah, kind of in a way, sort of like um, Drake, someone who I think a few years ago would have been on this list, but I think right now he's seeing more success than ever after he's kind of gotten past this, uh, these feelings of, of wanting to be desired and sought after and, and sort of uh, uh, worshipped within the hip-hop community, it seems like now that he's kind of turned a cheek and sort of doesn't care about uh, their approval, um, they're more interested in them and they're more interested in him than mm-hmm. ever. And not that I think that Iggy Azalea can make that same turn. Oh, that's it. No, no, no. Uh, that's I, I exactly think, what you're saying. Let's, uh, uh, uh. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying she can make that same kind of turn, but I think she can see success mm-hmm. if she stops caring about what people think about her, you know, because if she continues to play these games of identity politics and trying to kind of make up for the fact that people hate her for these very clear and very obvious and, and a lot of times, uh, in a lot of cases, um, very justified reasons, uh, she should just kind of accept the fact that she's a, a bit of a lightweight entertainer, you know, and just kind of accept that. But the thing is, a lot of these people get caught in their feelings because they want to be taken seriously as as real artists. And, and for someone like her, I just don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, you know, nobody's going to nobody's going to look back on her and, and think of her in the same light as like a Lauren Hill, you know. I, I just want to say I, I stand behind my, my Oscar-baiting, retarded Ron Howard analogy. Hey, nobody took that analogy away from you. I was just trying to clarify. Gotcha. So gotcha. you've totally got that <laughs> analogy. You, okay. you, you've, you've owned that analogy. I was just double-checking. So, so let's move on to this next artist, someone who I, I've reviewed a couple of times before. And it seems like every time he drops a new project... Uh, people are just begging me to review it because they know it's bound to be hilarious. 
and 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 you guys make fun of him quite a bit on the uh, Double D's podcast as well. Uh, uh, Dom does a really mean impression of him. Um, I, I don't know what your imp- I, I, I'm forgetting right now what My, your impression I of him I don't have it. Like. You know, let me let me just say yeah. something here, and because you just made me real, realize something, and I hope Dom's listening. Dom is a bit of a bit. Uh, he's a bit stealer because whenever mm. Dom has an impression, I that's his impression. I don't touch it. I don't do mm. Hobson. But you know, say if I try to do ET hip hop preacher, you notice how Dom sort of yeah. just he goes on. You know, I didn't realize that. No, I, 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 I realize I realize he does that, but I like the fact that you guys go head to head on impressions, and and I think I think it makes for an interesting segment on the podcast where it just essentially becomes a challenge Ooh, to impersonate horrible impersonations. Go head to head, better <laughs> colliding. Yeah. <laughs> and and the artist that we're talking about is Hobson, uh, <laughs> someone who. A lot like Macklemore, like you were saying earlier, is super preachy in his music. And, and it sort of has this tendency to look down on others in his music. And he's usually just so unapologetic and, and sometimes like in your face and immature with it to the point where he becomes kind of annoying. And it's sort of weird to think that me and him are sort of like at the same age. Because sometimes when I see him in music videos, sometimes when I see him rapping, I expect him to be kind of around the age of like a Tyler the mm-hmm. Creator. Uh, but even Tyler at this point isn't making the same kind of music that he was when he originally broke uh, with some of his biggest singles and with that bastard tape and, and with Goblin. Uh, he sort of progressed on to something else a little bit. Whereas Hobson, I kind of feel like is in that same judgmental, really immature state that he's been in since he got popular. And and I think as a result, it's just kind of continually turned off more and more people every single time he drops a new record. Uh, <laughs> and my mind just instantaneously went to that one single that he dropped where uh, everybody notoriously cites that one line over and over about the uh, guy who invented college not going to college. <laughs> Because that's just a monstrous revelation, dude. Uh, it's 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 a wonder. I I wonder what Hobson would sound like if he smoked weed. I wonder what he would sound like. You don't think he smokes uh, weed? No, he he talks against. You know, I mean, in, I think oh, really? what was it in Ill Mind Five? Didn't he take the blunt out yeah, of the yeah, guy? He's, he's like, hey, you guys are right. doing drugs. Drugs are bad, guys. Yeah, I can only imagine what he would sound like. I've ne- I've never <laughs> seen someone. I don't think I've ever met a person in my life ever just that is so they're so not in a position to be handing people advice because of the way his mind works. I, I you know, of course, mm-hmm. he's 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 and, and obviously I, I, I can I know I can speak for you when I, I know that you acknowledge that he is a talented MC. That's not what we're saying. Well, yeah, that's well, that's that's one of the things that's so interesting about him being such a polarizing yeah. and such a hated. Probably artist the best one on this comes list. to those probably the most uh well right next to one of the next artists on the list technically skilled he is incredibly technically skilled uh when it comes to those traditional standards of what makes for a great hip-hop artist he pretty much has it all but then he goes further to make himself so hateable with this music that I, i don't know i i i can't help but think that unless you're a hobson Stan and you take everything that he's saying as gospel. If well, yeah, when you're 14, <laughs> maybe that's a requirement as well. But 
Unless you're a Hobson Stan who takes everything he says as gospel, I can't imagine anybody listening to his music and not feel like they're being talked down to in some right. kind of way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's essentially the issue. And and like you were saying, uh, it's it's like being talked down to by somebody who is obviously in no position to be giving out advice to anybody on anything. Uh, I know a lot of people like to cite that track where he talks about uh, uh, sort of education in the world and religion and all that stuff. But one of my least favorite hops and tracks is a particular song where he's going on and on about uh, how he couldn't get with this girl and how he's a nice mm. guy and nice guys finish last and all this stuff, which is just such a pitiful mm. fucking mindset. And it was just really disgusting to kind of see it plastered all over this uh, really melodramatic song. I don't think you can come from the position of, oh, I was a basket case, I kind of kept to myself, but let me tell you what I think about the world. It's like, it seems like you haven't experienced the world. I mean, granted, obviously he's been touring, but he's getting a whole different perspective of the world now that he's an artist, you know what I'm saying? But Hmm. it's... It's it's teenaged angst. I think he should call that his next mm. album. Like it, it should really be a thing for him because that's what he's expressing. He's expressing sort of these these emo thoughts that you know the kid in the back who's like sort of just doodling in the back of the class and has these dark feelings about the world and the very negative view on everything. And I think he expresses this the best when he talks about religion. Because in that song, when he, uh, God, what was it? What was it, the Ill Mind 7, when he was out in the desert? And, you know, yeah. I'm questioning. R- really powerful moment. Yes, really I'm, like, powerful my, moment. I'm, I'm questioning my faith, you know. Uh, I'm, uh, if there's not going to be an afterlife, then I might as well have fun in this life. I, I should have fun, right? I should indulge. <laughs> but it's just, when you were... When you were like 15 or 16, you had these thoughts, like just the way his his mind sort of just unravels every lyric. It's like you could put yourself in the position. Hey, and maybe maybe to some degree, maybe that's a good thing for him if he is trying to appeal to that to that, to that age, age group. But he's group. not. <laughs> but he's. But, I know he's not. Well, I mean, well, I I don't think he's intentionally trying to appeal right. to that age group. But but he is, and I think he'll sort of accept what yeah, any fan yeah. base that he, he gets. Honestly, I, I don't think he knows how to appeal to people no. who are older. And and while when I reviewed that video, I, I guess I respected generally some of the ideas that he was putting across. The way that you just kind of framed it reminded me and sort of made me think, if these are the kinds of revelations that he's having now at, at this age, and we're the same age, like, what has he been doing for the past 15 fucking years? He's been writing. Like, was he cryogenic- been writing. <laughs> <laughs> he's been writing like E.T. like E.T. Please do a little E.T. Writing. He has been writing those bars. Yes, he has. <laughs> I think I do a better E.T. than Dom. So, let, 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 I, I, I agree. You okay, do do okay. a better E.T. I, I do agree with that. You you do get that E.T. You you do get the E.T. quote. Um, though there was there was one. I can't remember what impression it was. Now we're digressing. I can't remember what impression it was. You two stopped and you did a head to head on this one impression on one of the recent podcasts. And I can't remember. I was uh, I felt overwhelmed. Did he go first? And I kind of just gave up. No, no, no. You know, you know what it was? You did. um, You you guys were pretending to be to be Daniel Plainview. Daniel Plainview from there. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know his last character. Yes, yes, yes. You guys are pretending to be his character from uh, There Will Be Blood. I said sort of the line from the milkshake scene and Dom sort of just improv it. 
Yes. yes. And and I will say that I, I did like more that he improv okay. I think that he was trying to he was trying to live in the character, but you were trying to just like recreate the scene. I did and he karaoke. was trying to play as yeah. the character. Yeah. That's what I did. I did karaoke. I played it safe. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, but but uh, <laughs> to continue on with Hobson, it's like he's been like you were saying, sort of locked in his basement. Uh, since age 15 and then he's just kind of come out yeah, now exactly. without, any yes, sort of, exactly. <laughs> without any sort of interaction with the world since then and he still thinks like Eminem is yes. still hot <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like he should have been out in the 2000s yes, it, it, really but, but it would have really worked for him back then it would have it really it really because he still worked. he still says things like you know like LMC you know or dope or yes he, he, he I could see him having a conversation with somebody and say, like, you're not iller than me or something, you know? And and what, what's so funny, and, and this was definitely my opinion, and a lot of people sort of brought this up after he came out with a music video for this track, but the one song on the record, and I guess this will bring us into the next artist that we talk about, the one song on the record where he's kind of parodying Future and right. Young Thug no is, like, is, is, is the best song on the record. Like it's, it's definitely one of the better songs on the album. So he kind of accidentally made a great song or at least a catchy song on the album by making fun of artists and sort of portraying, Hey, this is really, this is really easy to do. I could do this. But sometimes some of the most uh, popular and and long-lasting musical ideas are sort of those weird, dumb things that have kind of been sitting in front of your face the whole time and just kind of sound like these gimmicky, uh, idiotic little tricks that anyone can do. But it ends up kind of defining some artists and uh, and, and really creating trends that, that make a lot of money and a lot of people like to hear because they're really uh, mm-hmm. ear-grabbing. And and he just seems so pretentious and so beyond doing any of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of a weird, I don't know, like, like I said, anachronism. Because it sounds like this would have worked so much better in the, in, in the 2000s. Uh, but now he's just kind of, uh, he's new, but simultaneously he's dated. I mean, when he first came out and he was kind of clowning Tyler, the creator, and, and, and Kendrick a little bit. I mean, that was definitely fun, and that was definitely mm-hmm. funny. But then I feel like the more songs he came out with, the more he started to, to, to sort of put out this idea that, hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's what. I'm going to tell you what to do. Right. I'm going to tell you what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong. And I'm going to tell you all about my philosophy. And the more that whoa, he kind whoa, of got whoa, into whoa, that. I'm just liking, the, I'm liking the, this, the, this, this tone that you got going here. Okay. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> well, the, the, the more that he did it, it seems Dom, like the less. Yeah, yeah. Well, I my, my that's that's where my Hobson imper- impersonation comes from. I, I, listen, I, I think... Now, now, let's let, let's set the record straight. Hobson doesn't sound anything like that. <laughs> but you did a very good impersonation of Dom's impersonation of Hobson. Yes. Hobson doesn't sound anything like that. But given his songs and given his lyrics, you would expect him to talk like that. Right, right. So... You know, I mean, I've heard him saying songs before. I've heard him saying interviews before that, you know, if 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 he and his friends don't like laugh at it, then it doesn't go in a song or, you know, what he puts into his songs is just like kind of crazy stuff that him and his buddies think is, is really funny. And, you know, he must keep a real close knit circle of friends because, 
I, I just don't, you know, know what group of people would have thought the, some of the stuff that he's writing is, is, is hilarious. And just kind of the, the whole thing that him and funk volume did not too long ago, where they challenged any rap group to like, you know, uh, a, a rap battle for like, what, like a half a million dollars or something just kind of shows how out of touch they are. Like, dude, n- like nobody wants to like rap battle you, you know, at least not any click that's like, you know, relevant. You're not going to get good music or like young money coming in and being like, yeah, we'll, we'll rap battle. Why not man. challenge actual battlers? Make it, maybe Pretty there's something much. there, but yeah, nobody's going to challenge you in it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, despite the fact that Hobson is perceived to be this really talented artist, artist, do you think he could sort of, you know, walk into that battler oh, circle I've always and, felt like and do, do well? Yeah, he could definitely do that. He, he could, uh, I mean, you know, there's, I think there is a big difference between, uh, you know, rapping acapella and, you know, rapping mm. over a beat. But I think I think in, in a battle format, I think he could be I think he could be successful. I think I think he could. Yeah. And, and I think he could jump into it facing some of the bigger names because, you know, he's obviously got a huge Internet following bigger than I think any. I mean, who's the most uh, the biggest battle, the biggest battle rapper would probably be somebody like Murder Mook. Maybe he could just jump into it mm. and just go right up against him. And, you know, the numbers are right now. Would he beat him? Uh, you know, personally, I don't think he would beat him, but I think he would. It would be a, a seamless transition. I think a seamless transition. Yeah. I mean, he could get really. Uh, I guess nasty really rely on the insults that come in his songs which sometimes are funny and it would probably keep him from getting super preachy because there wouldn't really be anything to preach he'd just kind of you know be attacking the person in front of him so maybe you know he could make that transition and it might actually end up be being more entertaining than just the records and, and preachiness works in battle rap preachiness definitely does work Oh, oh, oh they so? do. I mean, what, one of the biggest verses over the past five years was uh, Loaded Lux, I think, against Calico. You know, you're going to get this work where he was just where he was just basically breaking down the fact that, uh, you know, his opponent is a byproduct of, uh, of, a, of a slave mentality. And, you know, he's his hmm. father was just another. And I can't believe I was just about to say N word. <laughs> his father's just another nigger or, you know, so it, he. Yeah, definitely. That thing was preachy as hell, and you know people loved it. So I think that works in that format. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I, I think uh, we've explored Hobson as much as we possibly can. So uh, let, let's let's get into these next two artists. I'm just gonna. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm brown. By I, the way, thank you for reminding me. I'm brown. <laughs> You know, do, do you ever run into that issue where people listen to your podcast and, and, and they assume that you're a white guy? Uh, it's happened before. It's, it's happened before. Because I, I have to assume that that's it, it, happened. I think it's happened before on... on, on D- since, since you're clarifying right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on D-Request videos. I think I've said it like maybe one, a few times I think I've said it. And then I've seen in comment sections. It's like, why the fuck is this cracker saying nigger? You know? Hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's happened before. All right. Um... Let's get into these next two artists. I mentioned them sort of uh, a little bit. It was a subtweet during our Hobson talk where he has that one song, No Words, where he's essentially parodying Future and parodying Young Thug at the same time. Uh, these auto-tune 
rappers, I guess, if you could even call them that, though I think they're they're really kind of more singers in their own right. But still, when when I ask people what I think the wor- what they think are the worst rappers out right now, they come up time and time and time again, even though in my own mind, uh, they, they don't really fit in that rap archetype to me, not just because uh, I don't think they write great lyrics, but mostly because I just don't think they're rapping. You know, I think they're singing really, um, which, which is kind of ridiculous considering, uh, it, it seems like that's what they're doing, but it's not so obvious to people. So that leads to conversations where I hear people talking about young thug and they're like, Oh, young thug. He's so great. You know, he like uses his voice, like, like an instrument, man, you know, like, and, and, and in my head, I'm just like, like what? Like fucking singing? <laughs> like, like you, you know, like you know, people were singing before don't they were rapping, you, man. right? I don't believe you. Not true, man. Not true. <laughs> it, it it seems like that's the obvious thing to call it, but people won't label it that, and people won't label him as a singer. He's he's a mm-hmm. rapper, and and I think it has more to do with just his image more than it does with what he's actually doing. Um, you know, he he does he doesn't look like and he doesn't carry himself like uh, a Jeremiah or uh, like an August Alsina or something like that. He very much looks like and carries yeah. himself like, uh, for the most part, a rapper. So I think as a result, no matter what he's doing on record, people take him as such. And and I guess on his previous records, before he relied so heavily on the on uh, sort of the singing and crooning and, and auto tuning like he does now, uh, he did rap on his earlier mixtapes but this style that he's kind of fallen into and he's kind of defined himself by it just goes so against the general rap rap archetype and i think that turns a lot of people off and and those same very same words go for future too yeah absolutely yeah it's it's easy it's easy to hate future i think he's he's the easiest person to hate on this list and it's because uh with exception to drake who like you said he would have been loved a few years ago on this list, he is the most, um, quote-unquote, most relevant artist. He's the biggest artist right now. Um, he's, every, he's everywhere here on the East Coast. I mean, th- this past summertime, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing commas. Yeah, he has, he has had one of the bigger yeah. years. Uh, I th- well, he's had the biggest year of anyone on this list, So, especially with that Drake mm-hmm. collaboration. It's, just, it's easy to point your fingers at him. And, uh, you know, at, at this point, he sort of he represents something. He, you know, he sort of represents hmm. just like you said with, you know, he's he's this anti rap archetype that, that that he puts across. It's like he represents what people would think is, is everything that's wrong. I mean, just the fact that, you know, one of the biggest records that he's responsible for this year is just him counting is him counting money on the hook. I mean, that's 10 years ago when. You know, when you had people who who were, you know, very much a part of the whole lyricist lounge movement and, you know, all this backpack and shit. It's like, you know, the first things that they would say, like, I don't care about how much money you got, bro. I don't want to know. He's literally counting money on the hook. You know, so it's like it's so Mm -hmm. easy to make him for him to be hated. And I don't think Mm -hmm. it's I've, I've talked about him before. I don't think it's anything that he does musically aside from what I hate from future. Me personally, what I hate from future is his voice fry, his vocal fry. I hate I hate yeah. this sort of yeah it, it's it's something that little Wayne used to do but I don't know with future it's like turned up just a little bit more well, with Little Wayne, uh, when he was kind of originating that a little bit, it was kind of more of a side dish more than it was it's, a main it's course. Every track with Future, it's every time. 
And with future, it's just yeah. one note, you know, it's, it's like all he really knows how yeah. to do. Uh, but, but the thing is, it, and I'm surprised, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he makes quite a bit of money. Uh, I, I'm just surprised his label hasn't just swapped him out and just put in some other dude who can do that too. And then just decide to pay him less. Really? Oh, you that's know? an interesting, <laughs> I mean, you're joking, <laughs> but that's probably fucking true. That's probably very easy to do. But but like you were saying, you know, he does kind of represent something because even even though uh, Young Thug definitely has his own thing going, uh, Future is kind of seen I don't know as a bit of, a bit more like a godfather of that sound. You know, Young Thug definitely rides on the sound that Future helped popularize for sure. Young Thug is uh, another person who I want to mention is guilty of the very same crime that uh, Chief Keef is guilty of, and it's the what are you saying? thing it's i have no clue future i think i used to have that problem with him um but there's actually a, a future song that I, I i wouldn't say that i necessarily like it but it's definitely growing on me it's um uh know the meaning you know where he's just like you mm-hmm. know where to, to, to understand who i am you know you have to understand what i where i've been and all that stuff yeah he does he does future does have some kind, audible he's kind lyrics of rapping on that one he, he, he definitely is. Yeah, lyrics. Do, he does have some audible lyrics, especially on uh, that Dirty Sprite 2 project. He did have some audible lyrics there. But still, again, the it's not like those lyrics are so in-depth and those lyrics are so interesting that they could actually carry an entire project. And and again, when, when he sort of paints himself into that corner, he ends up relying on that, you know, uh, you know, sort of a vocal quirk uh, with you know, the auto tune just slathered on to sort of carry the song along. Um, I I've seen Charlemagne sort of talk about him in a Vlad TV interview where he said, you know, people know the hook. That's all that matters. You know, people sing along with that hook. They don't know what the fuck he's saying Mm -hmm. during the verses, but you know, they know and they remember and they are stuck on that hook. And and ultimately that's what matters. And, and future is a very hooky artist. Young thug is a very hooky artist. Um, uh, is is this a two for one? (laughs) Yeah, this it's it's a bit of a two-for-one, okay. one, you know, because I think they both kind of work against that rap archetype in a very similar way, uh, even though they have slightly different vocal styles, and I can pick out one from the other very easily. Uh, to me, I think they go against what a lot of people uh, expect from a rapper merely based on the fact that I think they're more singers than they are rappers. I mean, of course, you could charge them with having really degenerate lyrics and lifestyles and all that sort of uh, stuffy shit that, you know, if, if someone was like a hardcore backpacker, you know, they, they would probably charge them with um, and, and just kind of call their lyrics trash and, and all that stuff. But uh, but outside of that, I think that they don't really try to live up to the rap archetype. So as a result, if you try to have a discussion about why they're horrible rappers, I mean, of course, they're going to come up short because uh, I don't think they're trying to sort of, again, live up to those blueprints, live up to those measurements in any you, kind of way. You mentioned something in a video. I don't remember what it was. I mean, it may have been a review to one of these artists. I mean, I would imagine one of these 10 people. And you, the way you worded it, and I think that's what it is, it's, I think you said something about like it's a race to the bottom. That's what it, they, mm, it they, yeah. they're like creating something that's never been, that no one ever wanted to achieve before. And it kind of sounds like, you know, we're, we're being dicks by saying it, but it does seem, it does seem like they're, they're, they're building towards just like lowering a standard. It's like, you're not even trying. You're really not, especially yeah. Young Thug. I would say that future, future sound is, is, you know, if you just, uh, you know, if you gave me an option, you know, if I was going on a road trip and I just had to listen to one of them, I would definitely just say, just give me future. Just, you know, whatever. 
Um, Young Thug mm-hmm. is just there's just zero effort being put in there. And the funny thing to me about Young Thug is, of course, you know, I can only speak from an East Coast perspective and just just so many people that I've known that have just like hated Southern music as I've been growing up. And as many people hated Wayne, even when he started sort of coming into his own and, you know, he lied about being the greatest. I do think it's interesting that I'm going to use another analogy here. Get ready for this one. If you look at these guys like they're Pokemons, right? If you look at little Wayne like he's a he's 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 a little Wayne, the devolved form of a little Wayne would be a young thug. So it's like people hated Wayne so much. And it's like, OK, well, how about you? You want to deal with something that's even worse than little Wayne now? Because that's what you're getting. You're getting somebody who is worse in every single way. Yeah, it's it seems like uh, I, I that that's a really interesting metaphor and analogy there. And you and have to review uh, my analogy. Sort of, man. You tell me. It's 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 an interesting <laughs> analogy. I I would say that I don't fully agree okay. with it based only on the fact that it, it seems like Young Thug is certainly devolved in that he's kind of taking this one aspect of Little Wayne and sort of relying simply on it, but simultaneously he's kind of advanced it and made it appeal to the younger generation in a way that little Wayne Mm, couldn't. So, so, so as a result, I think he's kind of succeeded in a way, but I think that sort of comes with the whole race to the bottom thing. Uh, little Wayne is ridiculous and as dumbed down and as just, uh, uh, I guess, insultingly plain as he is these days. Um, (laughs) in a way, I think he's kind of a little too nuanced, Mm. Uh, for uh, some of the yeah. listeners who are really enjoying a young thug, who are really enjoying a Fetty Wap, and I mean, obviously, Little Wayne's newer stuff—it's not that great. But if 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 Little Wayne had restarted and was coming out with the Carter Three today, it would not do as well as it did mm. in the two thousands. You know, it would kind of sound like something that would be popular. It would sound like uh, Lupe you know, in, to young thug fans. Maybe not that sure. extreme. Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe not <laughs> right. that extreme. But it would kind of sound like something that's popular, but you know, maybe a, a little too, you know, busy. You know, it's 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 not really getting to uh what people really want to hear in the song. And and that's the hook. You know, and, and to continue down that race to the bottom, you know, I think we have an artist like Fetty Wap who he's not on this list, nobody really brought him up, but uh, just to kind of bring him up in the same breath. Uh you know, a song like Trap Queen, uh you know, that song to me is is just kind of like one long hook mm-hmm. you know like th- that song it's almost like the hook on that song never really ends because it's just kind of continually uh, uh the same melody yeah. over and over and over and over kind of like on the song my way too so uh, and and the thing is that's what allows these artists to be so one note because really all that matters at the end of the day is is the fact that uh the song is catchy and it's a club banger and it's a hit single you know um and and I think the internet age and sort of this new mixtape age has allowed us to embrace that aspect of the music industry even more, at least when it comes to some artists, because you don't even really need to care what the deeper cuts on your record sound like anymore. People are just going to buy or stream the single if they want to buy or stream the single and then just kind of leave the rest of the tracks to, I don't know, gather digital dust somewhere on the internet. All right. Um... Going on to this next artist on on the list. Yes, an interesting one. Um, Although I really don't have that many strong opinions about him, though I don't really care for his music. I just think he makes... uh, If there's any artist here that I just think makes straight trash, it's probably this one. 
uh, French Montana. And I just don't really know if there's anything else to say about him other than that. You know, I, I don't think he's a terribly unlikable guy as far as his persona goes and as far as his, uh, 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 I, I guess, outward appearance goes and sort of uh, uh, the way he handles himself in the public eye, though I will say I'm not like an expert in his come up or anything like that. Uh, but outside of that, I, I the only thing I really don't care about uh, or care for in regards to him is just his music. I think he sounds goofy mm-hmm. on the mic. And I don't really think he has much in the way of songwriting ability. So there's just nothing really there for me. Musically, I think he's probably the most unlikable out of the the, the whole list. I don't even really think he's trying. I don't even really see much effort there, sort of in the same way that you were kind of saying that Future and Young Thug aren't putting in a whole lot of effort. Uh, but then again, he sort of is trying to live up to that rapper archetype at least a little bit and i think as a result the the fact that he's just not measuring up is so much more apparent because he's actually rapping uh uh well first of all i just want to say that i didn't think that that was the artist next on the list i did <laughs> french Montana definitely is an, uh, an interesting selection um maybe i just I, I put a different order but uh yeah oh no you know what i i i i see what you're saying um this artist is uh, that that other artist was next on the list, and okay, we'll get gotcha. to him right after this. But yeah, French French Montana, who I don't think we need mm. to dwell on too much if the you don't only, have a no, strong not opinion. Not a strong about opinion, him. just an old man East Coast argument. Is is he's from the Bronx and he doesn't sound anything you know to akin of anything around him. So he's sort of. You know, obviously signing with the, with Maybach Music and everything, and he he has a lot of ties. Is is he signed with them? I thought he was signed with Puffy. Oh, there's a there, there's like a maybe it's a distribution thing, but he definitely is entangled hmm. in in in, uh, in Maybach Music. Uh, okay, it, it's it's that, and even more so, right? He's Puffy's artist, and that sort of builds into the frustration too, where. I think it's a problem with with New York City is that he's probably the most relevant artist, I would say. And maybe a short second behind him would probably be Fabulous, who's still respected, but still even Fabulous. I heard a song from Fabulous, I think, about a week ago. I don't know if it was on a mixtape that he dropped just recently, but he made a song. um, It was about... uh, uh, Narcos, basically the you know the Netflix series. So he made a song about Pablo Escobar, and it sounds like something French Montana would make. It was just heavy auto tune, and it just I, I didn't expect Fabulous to do something like that. But anyway, but I think that's what it is with French Montana. A lot of the hate that he gets is that he's um, uh, he's an East Coast artist, and he just that you don't hear any of it on him. And I'm not saying that you should just because you're from a certain place you should have to sound like that but it's like if that's the only sound that's coming out of the city i mean it's pretty much the sound that's coming out of all the other uh all the other areas with more popular artists it's like they're already doing that better than you are why don't you show Mm. what we do over here just a little bit more is all i'm saying but he's not capable he's just not capable of it i guess yeah all right so so moving on to this other artist who's uh a little more interesting. I think we could probably talk about a little bit more at length than my review of his latest mm-hmm. record has been one of the most polarizing reviews I've done this year. Uh, a lot of dislikes on this review. Okay. <laughs> and, and a lot of people hating on me over this review. Uh, but the artist is Little Dicky. Uh, when I asked everybody online hey, it's not what that they thought the worst... <laughs> when I asked everybody online what some of the worst hip-hop artists out 
right now were. Uh, Little Dicky came up numerous mm. times, and that may partially be because uh, my my followers are familiar with my opinion of his music, and they're familiar with my review of his music. So maybe I've influenced some of that a little bit. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have come up if another person online, or maybe if you had asked generally. Uh, but he did come up uh, repeated. Lee, when I asked everyone, were were you terribly familiar with him before I sent you this Uh, list? No, the only thing that I was familiar with was the, uh, you know, save money. Yeah, that's Mm. all I was familiar with. Um, well, I, I think little Dickie, I'm I'm trying to think of anything I could say negative about his music that I didn't already say in my review or, or why people would just kind of generally hate him. But I think, uh, I mean, I, I think it really kind of comes down to everything I said in my review, uh, but 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 he's not really at this level of mainstream notoriety where he can kind of get the sort of flack that Macklemore gets, um, and and it seems like right out of the gate he's had quite a bit of uh, I don't know qu- quite a few endorsements from some really notable artists. I mean, he's got Snoop Dogg on his freaking mm. record, you know. Um, which, which is kind of unexpected for an artist at his level and kind of at his, uh, uh, relevancy point though. Snoop Dogg has never really taken up the opportunity to, uh, uh, Snoop Dogg has never really avoided the opportunity to kind of, uh, whore himself uh, out, do a party. Yeah. Whore himself out and do a party track or do a track with an artist who kind of appeals to that college crowd because Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg knows where his yeah. fans lie. <laughs> he knows, he knows. I like that video by the way. Hmm. Uh, it it is a, an interesting video, sort of. I don't know. I guess taken as its own thing and not sort of brought into the scope of the the rest of the record. But uh, do, do you have any sort of strong I don't, opinions I don't have a, on on his music? I don't have person? a strong opinion about him. I mean, I mean, what I want to say is I think he's very technically sound. I I I, I am impressed by you know if if Andy Samberg didn't ever make music i i don't think i would there would be so much dislike because it does have sort of a lonely <coughs> island that's that's really what it sounds like i mean mm. uh i mean when you basically make it a sounds song, like someone trying to it, it sounds like trying to someone trying to make serious yeah, joke when rap. you make a song like ex-boyfriend when you just make a song about this guy my girl's ex-boyfriend his dick is just so big he's the most handsome guy ever and he just keeps repeating it in this and it's like he's trying to be humorous, but at the same time, it's like he's, I don't know if he's serious or, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't find it funny, um, but I think where I decided, I'm going to say where I personally disliked about him, because this is pretty much the first impression that I got from him. And, you know, a lot of people obviously got a first impression by the, you know, the whole concept that he had that sort of, uh, you know, let's make a video for his, uh, for no money or as little money as possible. And it and to me, what I didn't like about it was that he just, he put this... He showed you the function of how how it's done, and it's just like in like this viral space that we're in. I don't want that to be the very first thing that I see about you, that you're going to show me the tactic of how you can make this big epic video and you can get so many fucking views and it's going to cost you so little money. It's like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't care for it. I, I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for that particular song, but after I heard a few of his records, I... I actually would say that I kind of like him a little bit, but I can't take the music seriously. I'm not sure if I'm meant to, probably not. But 
Well, and, and also I think the whole idea and the whole concept of doing a video for very little money is only a big deal for somebody who has the money to actually do a more expensive mm. video. I mean, the, there are tons of people, directors who I know and I've met who they have no other choice other than to, the, to make a video either on a no budget or a shoestring budget. It's not really a big deal. It's not a feat. It's not impressive in any way. There are tons of artists, video, video artists doing that every fucking day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're doing a video for no money, uh, it, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it it, it would be as uh, interesting as somebody coming along being like, hey guys, I'm a white rapper. And it's like, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. what's next? Yeah, I just didn't care. Yeah, just didn't care for it at all. And just, um, you know, just sort of haggling people at the beginning. I mean, again, I mean, this is, this is, I, I don't know if I would have said this had I been aware of who Dickie was beforehand, but it's just the first impression that I got of Dickie was somebody who just, you know, rings on people's bells and it's just like, hey, gonna do this video. And it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Hey, hey, I got to shoot this video. I'm like, this. This privileged kid. I don't know, but he seems like he comes from money. I know something about him tells me that he comes from money. I... Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Snoop Dogg yeah. works for free, and I I don't know what his his label is, but you know, we we, yeah, we yeah. won't get into it. Um, all right, let's let's finish this up. We're on our tenth artist over here. Um, I, I believe his name is Slim Jesus. Slim Jesus. Yes, Slim Jesus. Half Slim white, Jesus. half Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Slim Jesus, man. I I feel like this is an artist over here who, as trashy as his music is, there's so little of it out. So I I feel like we have no choice other than to kind of come to the conclusion that uh, it's it's really his persona, it's his look, and the fact that he's handled himself... I mean, I guess no. not too bad in the no. public eye. Uh, it's it's just sort of so out of place to kind of see this white kid trying to play the role of a Chicago savage in a music video. And then before the music video starts, put up a disclaimer that's like, Hey guys, this is just a video and nothing <laughs> bad or wrong's going on here, so don't call me mom. Actual voice. That was Jesus' <laughs> actual voice. <laughs> I wish someone came in and just narrated that. Oh uh, yeah, that that'd uh, be great. That, that little pr- that little disclaimer before the video actually started. You know, I think it really would have been uh, 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 like a rubber ducky, for, just for a rubber ducky noise yeah. just right after it. Uh, yep. I've uh, you know I've spoken about some Jesus, and I think one thing that he has that's sort of unique from um, from all other white <coughs> polarizing figures is. He understands exactly what he is in this space, in, you know, in this space, how people would perceive him and yeah. just seemed so. I mean, and I'm just refer I don't have much knowledge about Slim. So a lot of knowledge that I gained from Slim was from that big Vlad TV um, interview that he had. Uh, after yeah, and, and he's he's done a few. Yeah, of them. Well, after it went viral, and he was just so um, he was just so apologetic. It, it was it was almost disturbing to me to see a kid who, yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's a shitty, it's a stupid record. I mean he's got the disclaimer, he's pointing you know like uh, guns at a camera, but he should be excited. 
he should like I don't know why it's so wrong for him to feel excited and he didn't seem excited at all. It was kind of like, yeah, hey, yeah, did that video um and and, and I I don't really do any of that crazy stuff and uh yeah, you know, but uh you know, it's so good and he he almost seemed like ashamed of what he did like holy shit, that went viral. All right, guys, I know you're going to be pissed at me, but you know, it, it, so he un- well, that, he well, understands exactly you know, I mean, what well, I mean, he I is think- and exactly how people are going to perceive him. I mean, I think even a black rapper would have probably played a viral song cool, you know. It's if, not, if not I, I didn't get cool. I didn't get but, cool. But, 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 I, but I, think, um, I, I think the way he played it or the way that he reacted to it, and, and I think he really had no choice other than to do this, was to just be really, I guess, forthcoming with the fact that he doesn't live this life. He's not about this life. And, you know, he's not from Chicago. He's not a savage. And, you know, he's he's just playing on the song. You know, this this song is not about real life for him. And I feel like he had no choice other than to play it that way, because if he didn't, uh, his life would have seriously been in danger. Be a lot more relevant. Uh, I mean, uh, I you think oh, so? Yeah. You mean you mean you think if you think if he played it if off he like sort of rode that you know, wave? Yeah. If 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 he if he kept up the facade that he was sort of putting forward in the video, you think he would have yeah, been more it would have been more relevant, but it would have been leading up to the to the world star video where somebody just like randomly knocks him out like stitches style. On the it, yes. it would have it's basically yes. stitches. Really, is what I'm saying. He would be stitches. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So I. You know, well, he obviously made the smart move. I mean, I'm sure he's a lot more intelligent than people give him credit for. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, made, he made the move that would ensure yes. his survival. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. So, not not the survival of his music career, but the survival of his yes, himself. himself. You know, I I do agree that the the fact that he that he did just come forward and sort of admit everything. Um, you know, of course killed the steam of the song and killed the steam of his career because because of course um you know he's demystifying it you know and and as as much as we try to put forward the idea that you know hip-hop artists should be real they should be honest you know uh often that's not really what we want that's not really the case because the moment an artist the moment a situation becomes demystified and it's just put out there in plain speak and yeah, exactly. The moment you've broken the fourth wall and you've sort of spoiled the surprise for everybody, uh, nobody's interested in it anymore. And and that's essentially what he did. He sort of put a pin in that balloon right away because he knew that if he didn't pop that balloon, someone might fucking <laughs> pop a Glock at him. Somebody might put a bullet in Jesus' ass. It's, it's possible, but it's um, he... I, I, he hasn't put out a, uh, a mixtape or anything yet. There hasn't been any. I yeah, don't believe so. Had... But he's put out a few songs. You know, he's had some songs out and some remixes and stuff like that. But I don't think, and I don't know if it's really gone beyond that. Um, so you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if anybody uh, you know really cares about a Slim Jesus mixtape or a Slim Jesus anything next year. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Oh, definitely not. You know, it was something similar after after Bobby Schmurder. Um, you know, put out Hot Negro. Let's say Negro now. Um, when he put out Hot Negro, and <laughs> he did a, a, an interview with um, what's that lady's name Jenny Boom Boom, I think. Um, and uh-huh. he 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 basically said, "Don't do the." He, he didn't say that he doesn't do it. He said, 
Yeah, he just he, he just advised against. Right. He just said, yeah. "Hey, don't do it," which I guess isn't exactly the same thing as what some Jesus did, which is which what reads off to people who really buy into this. No, music. it's 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 not the same thing, and I, I don't think uh, I, and and I don't think that necessarily had a bad sort of reflection on his career at the time. You know, he was just very much like, "It's not worth it. Right. Don't live the life that I live." But you know, the the thing is, uh, people can continue to live vicariously through your music as long as they think in their heads like oh yeah he he really feels that way or he really does what he's saying or you know he really did what he was saying at one time or he at least knows someone who did what he's saying <laughs> or something like that you know um sort of like uh, i mean I'm, I'm pretty sure that push a t isn't isn't selling you know keys yeah, anymore yeah. uh you know but but he's certainly uh he's uh, not gonna say that he go, goes back to that <laughs> he's not gonna say that he's not and he's probably not gonna let up on that subject matter anytime soon Knows what pays that mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, I th- I think that's it for this list. So that was the that was the first annual worst rappers out right now uh, uh, conversation, and uh, uh, let's let's try to have another one of these uh, next year. We'll loop we'll loop back up a, a year from now, and we'll have another one of these. All right, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been the latest episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, and my guest during this conversation has been the one and the only Mr. D-Respect. You can check out his YouTube channel as well as his Double D's podcast down in the description below. I want to thank him for coming on, and uh, this has been just a really good talk, and I'm glad we did it. (laughs)